Chance Rants 14. Psychological trauma. For those of you who listen to this podcast regularly, you're going to be up to speed on the last episode I released just today, which is May the 29th, 2019. That podcast episode was, quite frankly, a disaster. One of the reasons it was a disaster is perhaps because I was maybe insensitive to my guest's perspective or perhaps a failure on my part to communicate effectively the point I was trying to explore with him. But if I'm going to be honest and objective, then I do have to say that the main cause of the abrupt departure of my guest for the first time on my podcast and the bad blood that he holds towards me now is psychological trauma. You see, my guest is a man named Sean Moore who served in our nation's military. He served as an infantryman in Afghanistan and Iraq. He served in special operations. As a civic soldier in plain clothes, trying to build relationships with people in the Baltic countries for the most part, Lithuania, for example. we approached the end of the episode, I was actually intending to wrap it up very shortly thereafter. I asked him, considering all the things that he's seen and done and had to do, considering the sacrifices that he's made and seen others make, asked him what does that mean to him and I also asked him how we might all do a better job of honoring the sacrifices that have been made in the name of our freedom this upset Sean Moore greatly and he told me that I should never have asked that question that it was wrong for me to do so. And then he ended the video conference on his end. And approximately two minutes later, he sent me a text message which read, Fuck you. Now, there was a small percentage of me that wanted to be upset about that, but I knew going in that there were certain aspects of Sean's personality that were a 
affected by some of the things he'd seen and some of the brothers that he'd lost during his time in the military. And knowing that, I was prepared for an outcome such as this. Even so, it does sadden me to know that I contributed to a situation which triggered the gentleman and left him feeling as though I intentionally slighted him. Now, with that preamble, I want to talk a little bit about psychological trauma because I've experienced some of this myself and I have family members who have experienced much of this and during my time in counseling I met many a person who suffered from what is commonly referred to as PTSD though I think that term is a bit wimpy and I don't care for it That's why I'm calling it traumatic psychology or psychological trauma. Post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic stress just seems like a bitch of a term. But now you know what I'm talking about and we can move on. So let's start with me. You see, when I was a kid, I had some Bad shit happened to me. I got molested when I was about five years old. Never told anybody until I was deep into my 20s. And it had profound impacts on my mental well-being and in ways that I didn't understand until I spent years exploring. To further the fact, I'm from Utah, home of the Mormons, which I was as a child. However, my parents were divorced when I was a year and seven months. And my father had sole custody. And my mother was living elsewhere and had little to do with me or my childhood. As such, in a religiously dominant culture where marriage specifically marriage in the temple for the Mormons is the highest calling in a person's life in their worldview. But even if one was not married in the temple, having a divorce up until the last decade or so was frowned upon with significant emphasis. It still is in many circles, but due to the fact that they're so ubiquitous, it's very hard to maintain that stance. Now, I don't tell you this is a pity party. I just want to help you understand what I'm talking about. Because I got treated like shit by a lot of kids because I didn't have my mother around. And my mother, though I love her and though she loves me in her way, had very bad things happen to her in her childhood. And those things led her to make mistake after mistake and 
she never was able to heal any of the wounds and she's not really a part of my life now nor was she really ever but when I was a kid I really hoped that she would be and if I was promised a phone call or something like this it almost inevitably never came it came late always with an excuse attached etc okay there's more but we don't need to go too deep into it but just imagine that I was an only child living in a situation where the home that I grew up in was frowned upon by the vast majority of my community and that stance was directed towards me mainly since my father is not a very social person and I was out and about in the world and when a child is molested or has violence done to them they do not have the capacity to understand or process the significance behind it nor to be able to connect to the psychological urges that have been corrupted nor the experience or mental fortitude typically to be able to place that experience within the framework of their normal life. This was true for me as well. I developed a relationship with sex, with the thought of sex very early, but I did not have the tools or experience or the ability to talk to anybody to clear up any misconceptions. And this developed into some bad habits as puberty came on and I had my struggles with porn and ruminating thoughts and that kind of thing. And I don't really like to talk about that. But I do talk about it sometimes because it's important to note that these things can occur. They do occur a lot more frequently than anybody would like to admit. And they almost always manifest suboptimal behaviors. But I'm not that way anymore. I don't watch porn ever. Ever. I don't engage in self-pleasure either. Ever. Because, number one, I think porn flat out is immoral. And I never want to support that industry. And if you disagree with me, I encourage you to imagine how you would feel about porn if your daughter or sister or mother was involved in the industry. I'm not here to make a judgment about the people who are. I'm here to tell you that I think it's immoral to support the industry as a user. And I don't engage in masturbation because I have a tendency to become addicted to things and that's one of them. And that's just 
a no-go for me. Same as cocaine or heroin. I just don't do those things at all. And so the reason I point this out is just to let you know that these things can be overcome, but do you know what I had to do to overcome it? I had to go to counseling for years, and I had to overcome the relationship troubles and hardships that came with occasional relapses, and I had to deal with the guilt and the shame that I felt for hurting myself and hurting other people along the way. Now, I've had some other traumatic experiences in my life, in adolescence and adulthood, violence, encounters with the law, and they've left a mark. And I've had to combat those as well. So what I want to point out here is that Sean Moore reacted in a way that a lot of you aren't going to understand and you're going to think that, like, what the hell is this guy's problem? But what you need to understand is that those kinds of things are out of your control, essentially. Because you, you have circuitry in your brain that's wired a certain way, and whenever you receive a certain impulse, this massive influx of thoughts and feelings and behaviors get jammed into your psyche because they were locked in during a time of a massive adrenaline dump and they hardwired so deeply that it takes thousands of iterations of combating that hardwiring to bypass the circuit. And the thing is, you don't break it. It doesn't ever corrode all the way. And that's why people who relapse smoking or doing drugs or with porn almost always relapse with a greater intensity than when they left off because that circuitry is there waiting for you to choose to revisit it or to be triggered into revisiting it. And if you don't have the tools in place and you haven't done the self-analysis and you haven't done the writing and you haven't talked it out and you haven't gotten the feelings and thoughts all in alignment and understood well, then you're basically defenseless. Now, you guys know that I'm big on responsibility. And I took responsibility for the fact that that was my condition, but... That shit that happened to me when I was a kid is not my fault. I didn't do that to me. Somebody else did. And it wired my brain a certain way that I didn't have the tools or understanding to deal with for more than 20 years. So, in regards to Sean, the man has seen his friends die in war. He's seen a lot of people die in war. That's not easy to deal with. And he did it because he was doing something that he thought was protecting our freedom. And whether you agree with that or not, that's what these kids who joined the military believe, that they're defending our freedom and fighting for the freedom of our country, fighting to defend your rights. So, what I want you to know is that the people in your life who have experienced traumatic situations are going to have behaviors that fall outside of the norm or fall outside of commonly accepted behaviors. But what you need to understand is that oftentimes they cannot help it. They can't help it. They don't have any other frame of reference to deal with. And even though they could look at themselves and say, this is stupid or this is um, damaging or this is 
immoral or this is wrong of me to do. That powerful impulse that strikes them is almost beyond overcoming. So, unless you do the deep work and you take the time and you do the repetition. Repetition and intensity are the two ways that you can create a habit or break a habit. And when you have a massively intense hardwired circuit in your brain due to trauma, you're really not going to break that one with intensity because what are you going to traumatize yourself in another way? That's not really how this works. It's traumatic every time you even visit those memories, those feelings. And there's a cascade of triggers that occur that you have to learn to anticipate and to catch because let's say there's 10 steps between I'm cool and I'm um, totally triggered and psychologically fucked. And let's say the point of no return is step five. Well, if you can't catch it before step five, then there's very little you can do. And so I know I've said that over and over again, but I want to hammer it home. And I want you to understand that I bear no ill will towards Sean Moore for the way that the podcast ended, because I understand in my own way what traumatic psychology does to a person. Now, did I lose my brothers in a war? No, but I've seen people overdose, I've seen people commit suicide, I've had friends murdered, and I, I understand what death does. And were I, was I standing right next to the murderers? No, but I've seen people overdose on site. So look, I'm not trying to compare traumas here either. I just want to let you know that I understand in my own way what Sean's going through and I accept the fact that there's little that he can do right now until he's taken the time and been given the opportunity and done some counseling to move past these things and to reorient his psychology in a way that's more conducive to him um, not being triggered so readily. And I also want you folks to understand that if somebody's been molested or raped, somebody's been physically brutalized or emotionally abused for a long period of time, if somebody's been in a car accident, if maybe their parents died when they were young or somebody they love got very sick and then died or maybe they lost a limb or, or these kinds of things. These intense traumatic experiences. They've been to prison. If they've ever had a gun put to their head. These kinds of things do incredibly powerful rearranging to your mind. And it takes compassion and dedication and discipline and willingness and help to redirect those tendencies. So if there's somebody in your life who's been through any of these things or shows some of these signs of trauma, the best thing you can do for them is to not pity them, but to have compassion for them and understanding. Don't let them get away with bullshit, but, but also understand that sometimes these things are going to happen and if you want them in your life and if you want to support them in their journey to recovery, then you're going to have to accept that sometimes they're going to do shitty things. If you yourself are in this situation, seek help, please. Seek help, please. 
do a lot of writing, look inside. I could tell you a lot of things because I've been through it, but you need to work with somebody who you connect with and who obviously cares about you and has the patience and compassion to help guide you through any of this. Whatever your situation is, find someone, a therapist, counselor, these kinds of things. Group therapy is also very helpful. You could even go to something like AA or or something like this is at least a foundation or a stepping stone, but I highly recommend you have one-on-one -on -one counseling because it's the best way to recover from trauma combined with your willingness to do the things necessary to overcome it and your therapist will help you identify the things that you need to do. With that said, Chance Rants 14, Traumatic Psychology is at an end and I am out.